This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains no spoilers, but does mention the following series. Throne of Glass, Crescent City, Akatar, The Vampire Diaries, Dark Olympus, and Plated Prisoner. For full list, please see show notes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing a spoiler-free episode of A Forbidden Fate. This is the upcoming novel by our very good friend, Kaven Herning. And for even more excitement, we get to discuss it spoiler-free with the author herself, podcast regular, Kaven. Welcome back. You know we love having you. Thanks for taking the time and being here today. Yay. Hello. (laughs) I'm just joining just now. I just got here. (laughs) I would do this for the rest of my life, by the way. I would just sit here and ramble on about every single thing. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but I am just reading. How are you finding the time? You are powering through. And they're not skinny books. No, they're big, chunky boys. And I'm just like, I think too, like after I posted Light Lark, I got like such a good um, feedback to like the review. And for me, it's because my like niche or whatever is SJM. I see content, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm like, no one gives a shit if I'm reading book because I read, but like no one cares. They want Cassian. Like that's what they want. And I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm trying to break away from my role. Like, no, I love being the people's Cassian. Like I, it's changed my life. Why would I? Tom Felton is like that. Everybody's like, I'm trying to yes. distract myself. And he, and, and he just leans into it. He's like, I'm on Harry Potter the world this weekend. Y'all come say hi. Yeah. I'm like, people love it. Even if I post something about my book, they're like, all I see is Cassie in it. I don't get mad at that. I'm like, good. That's like a good, that's literally what I've done. So like, why would I be anyways? Um, so, but I didn't think people wanted like reviews and stuff. And then whenever they were like, no, we do. I was like, oh, buckle in babes. Cause I read fast. <laughs> I have a friend, Eddie, actually, he, um, he sent me a, uh, one of your reviews. He's like, oh, this girl said that, um, that she liked Light Lark better than Akatar. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And he was so, he's like, I think you would like this book. She, like, he hadn't, I, he's not on Wait, book have talk. y'all pre-ordered that? I have, yeah. I tried to make it clear in the comments that, like, that Akatar, I realize now whenever I say Akatar that I'm summarizing, like, the entire series into one little acronym. I'm in the first book. Obviously, I don't I know where Lightlark is going, but it is way better, leagues better than A Court of Thorns and Roses, the, the first book. book. Mm-hmm. Um, SJM did that to herself, though. She, yes, yeah, that's she true. Was- <laughs> that is true. But, like, I could see Lightlark going, being better just because the plot is there as well as the... And the romance is when people are like, is it a love triangle? I'm like, I legitimately, can't, I don't know how to answer this because it's not, what do I know? 
there's something else going on that I can't say because it's like, let me just tell you like the biggest plot twist of the book. But like, (laughs) it was very, very good. When I, when I first started reading book one of Akatar, we'll say Mm -hmm. like the first book, I kept saying, Laura, Laura, it's, it's a triangle. It's a love triangle. And Laura had to keep saying, it's not a love triangle. It's not a love love triangle. And I didn't understand what she was saying until I had this aha moment and I was like, it's like David and Elena and like the, the concept of it and, and <laughs> Stefan. It's the golden years. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's peak vampire yes. diaries where there was no triangle. Right. You know, there was, was no clear. triangle the way it yeah. was with Catherine and them. But there is a, it, it, there is a clear cut where she just, this is not who I, who I was is not who I am. And yes. it's just, it's just <laughs> That's like my favorite trope, I think, is just like who I was is not who I am. And therefore, my relationships and my the way I react to the relationships are going to change. Love that. Could not like it more. (laughs) I am obsessed. Is there a trope that is in your book of Forbidden Fate that you love in particular? I don't know that my book has any trope. Like people ask me this all the time and I'm like... I don't know. <laughs> you don't think so? Well, you have enemies, enemies to, to lovers. lovers. Oh, enemies to lovers. Yes. Yeah. There's a there's a forced proximity. Is there not? Yes, there is. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. Love y'all. My parents. <laughs> love you so much. <laughs> Do you consider the the sleeping bags the one bed trope in the woods equivalent? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess. But it's between two characters that maybe uh, you wouldn't expect. But so yeah, sure. There's. <laughs> There's a couple of tropes in there. And I'm also trying to remember like the new chapters. Also, like, my brain is fried. But um, no, so there's there's enemies to lovers, to possible enemies again. Um, forced proximity, um, arranged marriage-ish, and uh, the chosen one definitely, definitely is in there. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. They're just, it's like a bunch of people just in the woods getting drunk. Then they're like, they don't know what's going on. And that is definitely planned and not because I was just making it up as I went. <laughs> we do have a bunch of people out of all of your characters. I'm looking at a list of them. Oh, I love you. <laughs> uh, who is your absolute favorite? Who, who oh do we God. love here? Okay. So the thing is, is that I'm like halfway through writing book two. And as you know, like characters. So like, I'm going to try to answer just from book one. And you have posted quotes from book two, something about an incompetent woman. <sighs> I did okay, my research. Let me, let me, yes, I love this. I feel like this is like a parent situation. Like I love all my kids differently. <laughs> I love them all differently. I will say that my favorites are probably um, from, from book one and then I'll kind of go into book two a little bit, but from book one, it's brazen because it's, I just wrote my husband as a character with blue eyes um, because I already have a book written called master of the grounds where I wrote the main male character that looks just like Cody. So I'm like, this time he's just going to act like Cody, but he's not going <laughs> to look like Cody. So I love brazen. And then torrent obviously is my child. He is my boy. Um, he is the character I have the most fun with because like after the first book, I'm like, now I can do anything with him. Like I could just make him do anything and people will be like, he is a book talk Cassian, if that makes sense. He's like the himbo that yeah. really is dumb. And like, <laughs> but he's he means well. Um but 
with book two, right now, my favorite character is Lit. It, he is my absolute favorite. He is doing the most. He is living his life. Um, and then there is a new character I'm not going to say the name of. Hmm. You feel like people are going to be torn between like their book significant others with this? With like new mm. characters and the characters from the first book? Maybe. Maybe. But I think that I write it in such a way that it's like, this is purely sexual. Oh. <laughs> One is like, and then the other one's like, shit, I can't touch this guy. So you'll see. I can touch this other person. <laughs> I couldn't touch this other guy and that would be okay. There's like this one scene without giving too much. I have, this is book two, which I know we're trying to talk about book one, but whatever. I'm this far into a margarita. There's like this one scene because there's a place in Verdana where um, like it's for mistresses only so like you literally if you're a female you can't come in unless you're a mistress to someone and they're trying to get in here to get information blah 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 but she can't touch brazen so she has to pretend she's the mistress of someone else and they have to sell it (laughs) so it's a very fun scene because brazen obviously can't do anything about it and it's another character that has shown that he is very hot <laughs> and very powerful in another way. We haven't way. met him yet, right? And they ha- no, he is okay. in book two. Uh, but, and they have to sell it. They, she has to be a mistress. She cannot be the princess. They cannot know who she is. And she's not allowed in this particular town where this particular person is unless she is a man's whore. <laughs> so it. it's really fun. Support sex workers. It's a great scene. I'm having the best time writing it. I'm like, <laughs> but it's also just because I'm a giant whore. Like it's the basis of who I am as a human being. <laughs> and I love it. I say that with pride. So like, I love it. But book one, I would say Brazen and Torrent are my, and Teddy. I love Teddy too. I also love Teddy. So if they're your, your favorite, do you, are those the ones that you relate to the most? Or is like, these are my favorite, but I'm most like Adalia or I'm most like Lorna. Right. It's, I think they're my favorite because it's, um, Brazen is like Cody. And I think that I'm probably the most like Stig, the bard, because he's just doing his best. (laughs) He's not very good at it. (laughs) He's still trying and he's keeping a good attitude about it. And he uses humor to deflect everything. And so also book two, Rand Stig is like my boy, but, um, Yeah, I would say that they're my favorite because Torrent is just, like, so fun because, again, he's just there to, like, have a good time and to clobber some heads in. And then Brazen is just Cody on page. And I love Cody, so he's my favorite. Where slash how did you come up with these names? I didn't. Okay. The only reason that I came up with Brazen is because it's already a word and I just spelled it different. Because I was like, he's very brazen. brazen. And, and so that's like how I thought of it the whole time. And I was like, what? I'm just going to make his name brazen. I'm <laughs> not clever. Let's <laughs> just do what it is. Every other name, though, I had no plan for this story. I literally was like, it's two people who can't touch each other. I don't know their names. And I would just write them as I went. And I did not change them. I was like, okay, that's their name, I guess. So I wish I had like a cool answer to be like, it's because this means this. But I just wrote them down. That seems part of the writing process, though, too, because it's like if you if you try to hyper fixate on the name for too long, especially when you have steam and you're like, I'm just chugging Mm -hmm. away. Just just you're going to get it out there. Just get, you know, whether 
you want the plot. You want you just want to word yes. bomb and all of these ideas before they go away. You want to get somewhere. You don't want to get too hung up on everything. And also, like, I didn't know any other characters besides the two main characters. So, like, I didn't know their names and I didn't know who else was going to be in it. So even like in chapter two, whenever it's like you meet Torrent and Lynn and Lorna, I didn't know those characters were going to exist. These were not. I was just talking. I'm like, oh, he's there with someone. <laughs> it's this guy's name is Torrent, and he's a giant, long, blonde, Viking-looking guy. And then Lynn is like not tiny, but tiny compared to Torrent, and he's this. And Lorna's the. And I didn't know that they were even going to stay in the story, let alone like. So no thought, head empty, no thoughts. Um, but love it. I love their names, so it worked out. Have you had a shift from I'm writing this book to, or these books to these books are writing themselves? The characters are just telling me what they're doing. Yeah. In a way it's because I've written other books before. And honestly, I like, this isn't me like um, trying to tear down my work or anything, but I like the the writing style in the other books a little bit more than in this one. Cause this one's very easy. This one's very like, here you go. Um, but this is like kind of like um, paying tribute to like my followers and stuff that have built me up for the Cassian and for the characters and for my inner circle content. So it is, it's the same way as my skits, like you were saying, where it, like, here's the plan and now it's writing itself. It's just like the skits. I press record and whatever happens, <laughs> happens. And if I'm like, that's kind of cute, I'll post it. And that's kind of what was happening with this. It was like an homage to... Um, the people who have like supported me through book talk and what they like of me that I do. And it kind of just was a skit. It was just a long skit that wrote itself. That's a sweet. No plan. Like... Just pressed record and was like. Dee, 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 dee. So that's how the content is too. You're like, Oh wait, it just kind of comes to you in the moment. It's not a, Oh, I have this really good idea. I got to hop out of the shower this second. Yeah. If I think about it at all, um, before I press record, it looks contrived and it looks weird. And you I like for me, I mean, I don't know if anybody else would be able to tell, but I can tell that I'm not really the personality of the person anymore. It's like I'm Kaven being someone else. But whenever I just press record, it's like my natural response to myself. <laughs> I sound crazy, but like, yeah. it's my natural response to myself. So I never have to re-record anything. It's just like, that's just what I said to that, because that's how I think that they would naturally react. And I think that that's just it. That's how I record my skits. And that's what this book is. It's like, I have a different book that I was going to release first that's written a little bit differently. And also like definitely a different story, definitely different characters. Um, but I was like, you know what? Like I am only truly like allowed really to do this because I have so many people that like, have been so kind and so giving and so loving and follow me and like check on my videos all the time. Like I want to do something that's like um, akin to my content and put that out first and be like, Hey, this is just kind of like a silly little thing. Here you go. Like, love you. So that's kind of, I don't know. It, it did write itself to answer your question to round all the way back. <laughs> When you started the the actual like writing process, like putting thoughts, you know, out there to record writing, all that stuff, 
um, I remember you saying that it was going to be a standalone. And then in the process, we are getting a book too. Is this going to be a duology or are we just like... No, it'll definitely be three books. Um, And I thought it was going to be a standalone because I thought it was just going to be like a cute little story of people who couldn't touch and then like figuring out... But as I was writing it, um, I think I got on like page 282 and I was like, this, I, there is no conclusion in sight. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just be like, oh, oh, there you go. So I was like, this is definitely going to be multiple books. So the night that I was on page 282, I remember it. Um, I like sat down and I, I wish I had the paper here because I write very loose notes of like, this is kind of what I want to happen. And we'll round it up here. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in between, but this is where we'll end this book. Um, and then I was like, and then this is what needs to happen next. And then I was like, but that's so much too. So after I like wrote down like where I wanted it to start and where I wanted it to end, it was like, that's so much. It needs to be divided into three. Well, and how the first book currently that we know mm-hmm. leaves us. I mean, I don't want to say it's a, a cliffhanger, but right. you're left in a way that you're like, Okay, let me let me go into the next. Like, where's the next book already? Like, how? Where's the conclusion? Because this is the right. conclusion right now, and you can see where it's going to go, or we we think it's going to go. That's what I should say. Yes, when people ask me if it's a cliffhanger where it ends, I'm like, no, I don't think it is. But I'm also because it's not one of those like like whenever you read Amber's book or whenever you read like House of Sky and Breath or like something where it's like, oh, um, what? Or when you read Glow, or specifically when you read Ledge, where it's like, I can't breathe. It's more of like, oh, okay, like we're just segueing into the next, like there's unknowns, but it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's a cliffhanger. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's more of just like a. It feels like a good way to end the first book, but like, it's still set up for like, yes, li- like excited for the next book. Like, like where are we going now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think that I think it's perfect for that. I think so too. And that's why I'm trying to like, um, write the second one so fast. Cause I want it to be out like two or three months after the first one. So that it's like, cause I genuinely think the second book is stronger. So like, I'm like, this is just the first one. Silly. <laughs> Well, it, it's funny because we, I know we talk about television a lot and everybody talks about, you know, if you have a good, strong first season, sometimes what happens in the second season is like a second season slump. However, mm-hmm. I feel like the reverse happens with that, with, mm-hmm. um, with, with writers and you have like, even as a strong first book, that second book, you kind of just like, you know, your characters more, you know, the audience more, you're already um, invested. So, you right. know, you already know there's more of a grasp. So I think everybody always thinks like, especially when you're writing regularly, you're like, this is stronger. Oh my God, I can't, you know, and it's like when you go yeah. back on even like old social posts, you're just like, I can't believe that was what I, that was my first post or Ooh. something. Or like, yeah. I, can't, I learned how to edit <laughs> yeah. things. I didn't know voiceover. <laughs> That's traumatic yeah. to look back at old posts, but <laughs> but yes, like sometimes I'll be like going through and reading like the first book, like after the formatting is done. And I'm like, what am I, what even is this? But like, <laughs> not, not to be mean to myself, but I'm just like, oh, the, it's just so different now. Like, it's just, I'm at a different place with the character. So I'm just like, oh, they don't know anything. They, they literally don't know anything. <laughs> and so it's just like, okay. Are you still on track for fall this year or is that yes. been like shift? Okay. Yeah. So I think like October, probably hopefully like before Halloween. Cause I don't want to like release it during holidays. 
So you are currently writing book two. Book one is done, but done. Like, done. So, but you, but it's not out. So you have to go back and like talk about it all the time. Obviously, you're here with us. Uh, is it hard to stay in the book two mindset when the demand is for book one? Yes. Like I'm having trouble even like um, going back and forth. Even now I'm like doing terrible, but it's because I'm like, it's almost harder for me to go back to book one mindset because I'm in book two mindset, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I'm asked questions, I want to answer things like from what I know now all the way back. And then I have to remember that this stick needs to move this way. And we're talking about this. So I think it's difficult, but I think that might, I don't know if that's an everybody thing or if it's just cause I'm like a big old dumbass, but <laughs> I am like, I don't know what's going on. Um, it's, it's difficult, but you know what? I'm still very fortunate that people are even asking about any of them. So at the, at the end of the day, I'm like, and also you would think not to ramble, but you would think I'm looking at my manuscript that I would be more in book one because I've literally read it like eight times this month, but I'm still in book two. Like my mind is somewhere. I'm like, that's cute. It's season one, Steve Harrington. Yeah. It's like, okay. We love you, but the good stuff is coming. Yeah. So then uh, with book one and a lot of book ones in, in the fantasy genre, it's a lot of world building. And of course, like that there's world building in this. What was something that was kind of difficult for your world building? Was there just something that you just really wanted to nail? The whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the other series that I've written, I'm like pride myself in the world building. I'm like, it's all there because I also have like the world building books completely filled out cover to cover. And I know the world completely in this book. Like I said, head empty, no thoughts, just going for it. And I realized going forward, I'm like, oh, I need to know what is going on. Um, So for me, it was like, I wanted, and this might not be a good strategy, but I wanted my characters to be like as confused as I was. I felt like I was method act, method writing, if you will. I'm like, I don't know either. I don't don't know what the hell is going on. And Brazen doesn't care. He's like, "Mm -hmm." Um, but now that it's like, now that I have the rest of the series planned out, I actually appreciate book one's world building so much more because it like comes back. Like, I don't know, like the things that are said that are kind of like dismissive and this, it's like, oh no, that was a big, big thing that that person just said. And it doesn't make sense to these two characters because they're both on their own mission and they're not like diverting from, well, they're diverting, but like, Idalia's like, I'm going to save Verdana. And Brazen's like, I'm going to prove to my dad that I'm worthy. And that's it. But when you come back, it's it's fun to read it. I'm like, oh, smart. Kevin, smart. <laughs> I did a thing. Foreshadowing. I did a thing that I did not know that I was doing, but smart. <laughs> so I wanted to nail the world building because, again, I was, I'm good at it elsewhere. But also, I kind of like that it's left up to like you don't really know what's going on outside of there's three kingdoms stacked on top of each other and they're just trying to go from here to here without disturbing the middle and that's it and that's all you really need to know in book one so and i think it helps that like you said the reader is learning uh some of the characters are learning when mm-hmm. things pop up where you know the characters are confused and naturally because usually laura um like 
reads a lot of the, the things before she suggests them to me. Mm-hmm. She'll like, especially from a fantasy standpoint, I'll be like, well, what does this mean? And she'll either tell me yes, or she'll tell me we got to wait to find out. But this is a perfect right. example <laughs> of you can't, I, I can't do that. She's like, I don't know. I'm reading the same thing as you are. Right. Um, and, but the character themselves, I'm going to be vague here. Um, they, they don't know yeah. what their power is more or less or what they're doing or what might not be doing or what something might mean. And everybody looks to that person and it's just like, Oh, this, this thing happened. And yeah, I, I can't, I, <laughs> I can't tell you more than you just saw. So here we are. Yeah. That's kind of like what I wanted to, where it was like, I, I don't know. I, I think that it just, I think that the book one becomes stronger the, and it, that might be lazy writing. I don't care, but a uh, book one becomes stronger. Once you know what's going on later, you can look back and be like, ah, but that's always the fun part because when, even when you go through a reread, you're like, it's the easy. It's just like when we talk about Marvel or, you know, something where you see the Easter eggs, you're like, Oh, a full, right. it feels very full circle, whether it was intentional or not. It, it just, it feels like an homage to the people who've been like following along the whole time. Yes. And like for y'all, it's y'all read like the very first draft unedited, nothing. And so I'm like, I like a lot changed, not like the, the synopsis is still the same, but like there's more now in the middle piece. Like whenever they go somewhere in the middle, I don't know. I don't know what they go to Idazina. Um, there's more that's happening there and there's like extra chapters and stuff. So I'm like, I think it's a little bit better explained now what's going on there, but still very elusive, very much like this is just happening. And why do the characters not care as much? Like it is genuinely like following me and Cody through. So, Cause we would find someplace <laughs> like that and be like, who cares? And everyone else would be like, we need to stay. We need to figure it out. And me and Cody would be like, ah, fine we'll be fine let's get to what we're doing let's cross this off the list then circle back but um i think people will maybe be frustrated but i think it's better explained shout out to all editors you are truly sam you two mvps (laughs) of the entire operation none of us would even know what to do without people like that so um i kept changing everything and she was like i understand what you're doing I see the vision. I see what you're trying to, but at the end of the day, you're going to keep doing this and it's never going to be a finished product. And like, remember, Sheila's like really my hype girl. She was like, remember that your followers like you and they're not like expecting Lord of the Rings or throw like, they're just what, like, so you have to like come to a decision with yourself where it's, is it ever going to be enough? And the answer is probably no for yourself. So just, it's good give it to me, stop, and let me do the thing that I need to do, and then let's get this book out. So, yeah, I would say that it was, I would never stop if I didn't want and done it. If I didn't go, okay, that's it. I don't want to look at it again. I'm going to read it and go, oh my God, Kaven, you should, I don't care. Take it away. Take it away from me. Get it out of my sight. So as an author, and um, you... Of course, you are an author. <laughs> yes, of course. We have seen uh, on your Instagram and your TikTok that uh, some of your characters have fan art. I know. What was that <laughs> like? What was that like for you? It's surreal because, listen, I haven't been, I mean, it feels like a lifetime and it also feels like three days that I've been on book talk. I don't know if y'all can relate to that, where it was like, what was life before this? But also you look and you're like, I haven't 
like it hasn't been that long actually yeah, it's not that long um, yeah so it's like looking at it is surreal to me because it's like first of all the fact that i even uh put aside the time in my very packed busy life to write a book but have people care that I'm writing a book and have people saying they're going to buy a book. Honestly, that makes me want to cry. And I'm also sweating again. But <laughs> then on top of that, they're sending me uh, art of characters that they have not read about. Mm-hmm. And they're nailing it. They're like on the money every time. And I'm just like, I think that any author or any creator of anything, having someone make something from your own creation and send it to you is like, the sweetest form of love to me. I'm just like, it's an act of service. It's a gift. It's all of these things, but they haven't even read. They don't even, they could read the book and be like, this is straight up trash, but they don't care. They're just like, we love you. And here's your character. And I'm like, I feel like that's a dream though. Right. For authors to have people make art of your characters. I feel like that's... And it's so different because, I mean, I know you, you've you commissioned art too, mm-hmm. but so you can have like more feedback and involved, especially, you know, especially with, yes. I don't want to say the side characters, but like, you know, we have the art of like Brazen and Lynn and like everybody yeah. that you've had commissioned, like exactly how you've imagined it. But then to have additional renditions where people are just like, like you said, it's an act of service. It's gift giving. It's yeah. quality time in a way that they spent this time to create I this know, thing. I know, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> it's just so pure and selfless too. Yes. I would think. We're like, I, this made me think of you or this is kind of my rendition of these characters. I know nothing about solely based that on I've what you put out you talk there. About. Yes. Yeah. That makes me feel like, first of all, they're like horrendously mistaken and they think that I'm someone that I'm not or that they're genuinely just the sweetest, most loving, giving people on the planet. I feel the same way when someone sends me a book that they wrote, you know, and they're like, I thought of you specifically. I like went out of my way to find out how to send this to you. I thought of you when I wrote this or not wrote this, but like thought of you to send it to, I'm like, this is your child. This is your baby. And that's what talent is. I can't draw to save my free. I am Feyre. Uh, um, <laughs> I am like not good. Just kidding. Feyre lovers. Like I know that she's probably fantastic. But so for me, it's like, that takes time. That takes hours. And it's a character that you don't know. Like that you don't, that you haven't resonated with, that you're not like, I'm drawing Idalia because I like Idalia or I'm drawing Brazen because I love Brazen. It's, I'm drawing them because I love Kavit. And that, that to me is so sweet. It makes me want to cry. Like for real, I've drank too much. I might start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any sort of of feelings about putting this book out there in the world? Um, You know, people... We can't please everybody, right? Even though we might want to. So how how do you even prepare for something like that? Yeah, I think I'm like split because I'm a little bit conditioned to the online scrutiny and like just public opinion in general because I'm already not, I, I, yeah, I guess I would say a public figure because it's, you know, over 100,000 people that follow me. So it's like, I get it. And I get hate comments all the time. And Oh, yeah. To me, I'm like, who is saying anything negative? Because all the stuff on your comments are, like, positive, you know? Yeah, it's not directed towards me. It's always directed towards, like, Sarah J. Moss. So it's like, but, I mean, I'm facilitating an SJM 
content. You're contributing to the yes, conversation. Yeah. That, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's always that kind of stuff. And, um, Oh, my cat just came in. Um, but so I would say it's split where it's like, I'm conditioned a little bit in the fact of like, yeah, people, I literally make this voice and put hats on my head and like do stupid stuff all the time. And I, I'm pretty, like, I don't really care about like the public, but this is a little bit different because like some time went into it. And I also, and this is in no way trying to be like derogatory or like, "Mm, I'm so bad at this. I know that I'm not like the strongest writer in the world. Like I'm not trying to be, I'm not selling this as like a, a magnus opus of any kind. So it is a little bit, um, I guess, daunting to think about like the absolute way that some people, and I know it, are going to drag this through the mud. But in the weirdest way, I'm also kind of excited. (laughs) I have no idea why I feel like I would be the perfect guest for a celebrity roast because I just... I feel like you'd lean into it. Like you would be the person to be like, let me get all my one-star reviews and make a post about like, yes, Bessie. Like it is the worst thing I ever wrote Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) Yes. And I want to read it out loud and be like, oh, y'all are freaking right. (laughs) That was terrible. What was I thinking? It's like the hate tweets that Kimmel does where people are just like reading like the worst possible. You were like, I mean, you already have like the the thirst tweets that you do with the, 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 the inner court and everything. So to do like a hate tweet equivalent, which you know you have to laugh I feel like you have to have yeah. thick skin to laugh and, at it and it probably also helps that this isn't your like this isn't like the first book that you've been writing like you're just correct. like I'm gonna word vomit thoughts feelings yeah, whatever this is like this is like my little gift to my followers that love my inner circle content and like it, it genuinely is it's like look I it's just a group of people that this first book is you just get to know so that they can do all the stuff that they do in my skits all the time like and it's for you and I love that um because I honestly I thought about putting the other book that I wrote first but just seeing how people react to certain characters and certain themes and certain um things I'm like "Mm, perhaps it should not be my debut um because these the characters in a different book are very problematic and very morally black. And like, there's just more depth and like seriousness in the conversation yes. that those, ca- that you're, those characters are having. It's like, it's not like the depth that we're used to seeing in like character arcs. It's more of like an allegory to like uh, addiction in real life. And so it's, it's not, it's not fun <laughs> and it's not good. And the character that is going through it doesn't see it as, negative so it's very much the outside characters responding to it's very it's it's dark it's bleak it's a mess and so i'm like hmm hmm, people don't know me for that and so that might be like pretty strong out the gate type of uh, like uh, themes so maybe i should like boop, boop, boop. and i've always from the you know the inspiration of the book is the seven seconds of darcy helping lizzie onto the carriage and the infamous hand flex because how can a touch, just a singular touch, be so the whole, the, the world, the stars, the cosmos, like everything. And I'm like, I want to write something where that a single touch could be the universe to a character. And what if they just couldn't touch each other? <laughs> how would that go? So, and dappled in with like some of the um, content that my followers are already used to seeing. 
you know, as a debut. Yeah. But to answer your question, Laura, scared, but also not scared, you know? Scared, but excited, like scared, yeah. but slightly turned on, scared. Like, what's the worst? They don't like it? Okay. Who cares? No, I feel like people will read this and feel like, and I think that's also part of the things, I mean, obviously we've created uh, inner core characters specifically of what we imagined the canon to be. We right. don't, the only thing that's right. canon is on the table, is on the paper, I'm sorry. Um, yes. We've just created more as the drunk aunt. <laughs> like yes. just create like there's these little things and i feel like with a forbidden fate as we start this adventure with everybody it's a moment to like you said with your follow with your followers it's it's a moment where people feel like oh i feel like i'm hanging out with Kaven. i feel like i'm going out for you know i'm drinking a night out you know i'm drinking i'm yes. hanging out with her and her friends i feel like you get that yeah um that, that you, you you feel that when you're reading this you're like oh this is so fun like i bet you this is exactly what it's like even if it's not what it's like in there it, it becomes like this oh, canon that they've though, created but, yeah <laughs> It is. It's definitely what it's like. Look, but when they're yes. dancing on the tables and yes. I, I, I was like, yes, like, that's, that's, that's that me. That is Cody and I. That's us. That's what we do. We're just hanging out. Uh, and that's the thing, too. It's, again, like I'm saying, whenever I'm, like, pitching or advertising the book or whatever, I am not out here to be like, this is, like, such a good book. It's so good. Like, blah, blah, blah. no, it's it's fine. But it's also like, this is my like little gift that I spent time, like how everybody else has poured gifts onto me. This is my little gift of like a breakaway from maybe a, the other stories where it's just like, here's some really fun, goofy characters that we've had canoned for other characters, but now they actually exist on the page. Now it's not what we're interpreting them as. They're actually those characters in here. They're doofuses. They're goons. They're like, you know, little shitheads all doing things. And that's like one of my favorite things about book two as well is that, um, cause I tell you in the first book, I'm like, she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know who she is. She, and that makes sense. Like she's alone her whole life. She, whatever. Um, and someone asks her, they're like, you know, like, what is your, you know, what's your purpose in life? Like, what do you want? And she's like, I don't give a shit. Like it's <laughs> because you always meet characters in books that are like, they have an arc, they have something like to complete but then sometimes when people go through so much they're just like take it as it comes yeah like i don't have a purpose i'm just like here but her whole story i mean you, you learn from like the start of book one to the end of it her world is kind of turned upside down what she mm -hmm. thought her purpose was and, and truths that are unfolded right it, she's just like so it has it been all a lie or is it not a lie it, there's so much in between where, you know, where, where do you go from now? Yeah. And she's like, so can I save my kingdom and become famous or not? Like, can I do the thing that I set out to do? Or is this just like blowing up in my face? And the thing that I like about her in book two is that you just realize that she is just a female torrent. Like, she does not care. <laughs> I love her so much. Like in book one, I'm like, I love her because she's like my little you know, wide-eyed deer that's kind of like, but what's going on? And in book two, she's like, you know, I don't want to flick off the camera, but she's like, I don't give a shit what's going on anymore. I am here to do one thing and one thing only, and everything else can just kind of, but obviously that changes. But I like her in the beginning because it's just like her and Torrent, oh my God, power, power, friendship. I almost said couple.
but power <laughs> friendship. But that that aligns with like the same relationship that you love. I mean, a lot of us love between Thera and Cassian is, yes. I, I mean, I know me personally, I was like refusing. I'm like, I don't want to be a Cassian girly. He's such like a good best friend. Um, because I want to keep him in like the brother zone. Right, right, right. And then you're like, I can no longer, he is out of the brother zone. I can no longer like just a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you, when you but, that's just, but you love their friendship and how they look out for each other. And, yes. you know, I mean, I think people also overlook those platonic, um, those platonic relationships as well. Yes. And that's something that I love about Torrent and Idalia too, is that they are the first to become friends in this like group. Because Torrent's easy, right? He's just like... Torrent loves everybody. Torrent loves... He's a himbo. He's like, I ride for my group. I ride for who I'm loyal to. And that means I'll take out whoever. But like, if you're loyal to me, like, I got you, bestie. And and, and it's really fun, too. Because he's also just like shooting his shot in every scene. And I love him. No matter who it is. He doesn't care. It's very Stifler. Yes, very much. It's, he does not, yeah. Sorry, that is like a dated, like, reference for anybody no, who's listen. listening. <laughs> Stifler? Stifler's mom? Like, right. yeah. Like, like, people who are listening, they'd be like, what's a Stifler? Stif- Stifler. <laughs> Forget that we said anything. Forget that we said anything. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I, I love that. I love the characters. I love that they're just kind of, I don't know, because there's not so much of a, a strain on what they're supposed to be doing. They call them like, I've heard it say like they're called darlings where it's like, if it's not advancing the plot, what's it for? And I'm like shenanigans. That's what it's for. They're getting into shenanigans and why not? And it should something happen that advances the plot with these shenanigans. Great. But if not, I just want to see friends hanging out for one scene. Like give me that before you blow them all to smithereens. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like you hear about that in the, like, Sarah J. Mass says that a lot with some of her cut scenes or, like, you know, the bonus chapters. She was like, mm-hmm. her editor would just say, look, we got to cut it out. It makes it makes no sense. But, I mean, and I could say this now because you've read Hosab, there, there was supposed mm-hmm. to be a um, Bryce and Hunt playing Mario Kart sort of video game scene. Say, give me that. What do you mean? And she was like, I was going on for pages and her editor made her made cut, her cut it, it. And she thought that it was going to make one of the bonus chapters, but I don't think it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, I can, but those are like what you're saying. Like, I guess the shenanigans or whatever you want to call it. Those are the things you love. Like the, the, the it doesn't yes. add to anything no, except for it, your but own it fulfillment. Does but it, it does. does. It does add because it adds your love and your like, mm-hmm. your attachment to these characters. And if, if anybody comes to me and says like, no, these scenes aren't necessary, I, I will literally send my at this is my tiktok page i literally got book talk famous from those scenes like the cutout scenes of what the ic would do if they're trying to pick out a movie together or what the ic would do if they're trying to you know decide on what bar to go to like all of these darling scenes playing mario kart i could make a skit of that right now and get thousands of likes so obviously it's like the darling People scenes are you want, want that. that. Yeah. Yeah, you want yes. that. I think everyone's just like hungry. Like we're, we're just fiends, right? We're fiends right. for like gives anything, morsels, like just a- anything. Like num num num. Like yes. I don't care. I don't care. Give me crumbs. Give me anything. Yes. And that's why I think like in the first book, I understand not putting it in the first book because I did cut out a lot of those scenes in the first book because I have a 
the characters haven't earned that, if that makes sense. It's like you're and just trying to get to know them. As the reader, right. Right. I know them. I'm like, look at what they're doing. Aren't they so cute? But people are like, I, what? <laughs> so, but like when you get further into the books, it's like, yeah, your characters do earn scenes to kick back and play more. I would have loved a scene with Bryson Hunt playing Mario. Like, as y'all know, <laughs> I'm a hunt girly now. I know. I'm sorry, Laura. Ugh. Mom, I can't look at the disappointment. I, I want to hear more about that. I mean, I know we can like, talk about it. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Okay. Yes, I still want to. Yes. Okay. You mentioned um, being TikTok famous. Obviously, you are. You're a social media star, and you're a star in our eyes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Would this book exist without social media? Nope. So I wrote Master of the Crowns before TikTok was even a thing. But if you would have asked me, are you publishing this? I would have been like, for what? To spend money? Like, I, what? I write to write. Right. Um, no, this book would absolutely not exist. And I wouldn't have even completed it without the constant encouragement of, because, you know, uh, this is America where we live. And it is a struggle. <laughs> um, we barely have time to do things. And it's so awesome that we can even do this. But for me to get home and then go to a different place and spend hours writing would not have happened. It takes me five minutes to film a skit. It takes me, you know, three months to write a book, a small one like this. So it would it wouldn't even be in the realm of possibility for me um, to write a book like this if it wasn't for the constant gassing up and hyping up of book talk and that's why my acknowledgments is just for book talk i'm like cody you're great anyways back to my main <laughs> lover book talk it's i mean truly you know what i mean it's so when you were writing um the master when you're writing the first book mm-hmm. were you was it just like a, a solely an outlet for you with no concept of it being published you just had this i, I need to get like pen to paper sort of idea yes. okay yeah i grew up in a in a house full of addiction like i was the parent of my house and then also just like professionally and blah 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 so it was more of like a i read fantasy i've always read um And I just wanted to uh, do an allegory of like addiction and like what it really looked like from like a a fantasy point of view. And then it was just a story. I was like, damn, that's kind of good. Which uh, subjectively good. Other people would be like, this is kind of psychopathic, like whatever. But no, but I feel um, like also everybody's lived experiences through addiction are so different, you know, and everybody, you know. That is what it is. So I'm still debating if I'll ever, ever actually put that one out. But that was more cathartic. That was pen to paper. Just I needed to create a space of like, and it also really genuinely helped me get closer to my like siblings and people in my life that are addicts because I was like, I'm, I think I'm starting to get it. Like, I think I'm, you know, there's like where we, we like categorize people and like, I'm like, oh, I get it in a scholastic type of way, but like where I empathetically got it, where I'm like, Oh, this is like something that's beyond your control. This is like, um, where, where actually really genuinely like humbled me and uh, where I really understood that addiction is a disease. Like it's a, it's a disease. And these people aren't, even if they're making choices, anyway, I don't want to get too deep, but, 
but this book, The Forbidden Fate, uh, was would not have been done without book talk. Because it's just a silly, I mean, y'all have read the first draft. It's a silly little, like, journey through the woods. And then you're kind of just like, what's going on? But yeah, book talk did it. And every time I would, like, go on Instagram or on TikTok, they were like, please, 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 please write it, write it, write it. And so it was like, oh, okay, for you, I will. I mean, y'all spoil me, so... If I can do something, if you will write it, we will read it. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. We're just like waiting. We're waiting. Like buy it now, buy it now. Even though there's pre-orders aren't up yet, correct? Like I didn't miss the boat there. Oh, I also that's like another thing for like indie publishers. Like we don't know what we're doing. Okay, well, that is that is a question that I was going to ask you. So this this is coming out. Obviously, you have like a time frame for this. What has been the publishing like process? Just as much as you can tell us. Um just from this like your first time right like yeah I'm I'm truly like so spoiled and lucky because I have like a Hanager a Chris Jenner he just brought me a drink as you saw <laughs> uh, that's my husband my husband is Chris Jenner and he is like taking care of like the well as much as he can the business side of it but it's So as like an indie publisher, that's never published before. Like maybe if I was like a vet indie publisher, I could like give you, like, I could just spit off the facts. But for me, it's like, it's, it's almost like walking into a fantasy novel that you're just dropped into and you're expected to know what's going on. And you're like, but I don't like, I don't know what's happening. And there's so much more to it than is like the dream of writing a book is like, but then when you're trying to like actually publish a book, it's like, oh shit this is a lot. This is a lot to do. And so I get questions all the time like this. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Um, What I can say is though, that basically your most important things that you need to consider are editors, MVPs, format editors, and then how you're going to put it out, whether it be Amazon commercial. I, I think we're going through Ingram Sparks not sure yet. Uh, but it's, it's a whirlwind. It's a lot. It's just a lot of research. Like the amount of time you write, you also have to spend that much time researching because you want to give it to people and you want to give it to people at the best price possible. It's just a lot. So I still don't know. I don't know what's going on. Am I here? <laughs> I feel like that's really important though, because, um, so often the dream is, as you said, like write a book. And it does seem now that the tide on social media is that a lot of people now are writing and releasing books. Fantastic. We love this. But the process is different for everybody. So I think it's important that we kind of address the fact that it is different for everybody and it's a wild process and that it is just something that you are not prepared for even though you have a vague idea of like what happens right because correct like shit is crazy mm-hmm. and it, it is it is just really interesting to me how many people um kind of get discouraged right like so many people but like push through right like yes yes that, yeah. that's, it's really important um even though like publishing can be can be very difficult and like for someone like you who has a lot of followers you, and like you're still having to like is there a lingo i'm sure there's lingo like, oh yeah there's lingo there's there's total lingo there's jargon and i'm still i am like rosetta stone i'm like what like 
there's things that I'm good at. There's things that I could like, I, I don't know for me to, I also get asked the question like, well, Kevin, you have a bunch of followers. Why don't you just send it out to agents? Like, why don't you do traditional publishing? Cause that's most people's dream is to be traditionally published and out there and have it taken care of, which would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. But for me, it's, I just want to maintain control over the story, if that makes sense. And like be able to do the shenanigans and be able to do like the things like this. And also for me, this is like a, um, this is like an added benefit to my life. Like I come from a place of like complete privilege to know that like, this isn't, I'm going to be okay if this doesn't make me money. And I want it to be as affordable and I want it to be as accessible as it possibly can. And for me to have my hands on the steering wheel to decide those things makes me more comfortable, even if I don't know what I'm doing and I will figure it out along the way and I'm sure I'll get better at it as time goes. But um, yeah, for any indie or any authors out there, like just keep going, even if it's like really confusing and daunting and harrowing and it's a lot and it's overwhelming. Um, your story still deserves to be told and we're going to figure this out together because I still don't know what I'm doing. So we are collectively going to figure it out together. Well, and you say keep control and that is something that um, our very good friend Amber brought up when she was talking about her book and how uh, very important it was for her to keep control of her characters Mm -hmm. and how um, in a traditional publishing setting, you might be asked to change aspects mm-hmm. of your character and like screw that because they're yeah. yours. Bye. Yeah. And that's that the plot. Is, it's also yeah. yours. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's just completely unacceptable. So keeping control is very important. And as I'm looking through all of your characters, we have a very diverse, very lovely group here. Uh, yeah. I love them. Right. Like that, that is something that is very important. So it kind of like takes all of our boxes and it is very lovely. Um, we know that the characters kind of wrote themselves as you've described it. Um, did they come to you like this fully formed? Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. And it's also, I won't say who, but like, it's also very validating to me to know that they came fully formed because y'all have brought up to me separately. Um, when these two characters meet, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yes, like that's already happening. So like, for me, it's just a, um, a validation and a, a very, you know, your characters are your babies. They're your babies. I mean, even when you're reading your care, the characters are your babies, but even more so when you're writing them, because they're coming out of like this little walnut size thing. And like, so for me, it's very important, like Amber was saying, uh, to edify what she's saying, to keep control over what they do, what they say, what where they're going. And I understand, I absolutely do understand the market and that um, publishers are just saying like, hey, this is what will sell and this will, is what will make it stronger. And this is, you know. Big publishers. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll, I wouldn't we'll say, say we- yeah, I wouldn't say that they're paved with good intentions, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to make more money and maybe in turn make you more money. And in this economy, you know, (laughs) that might be a smart thing to do. But at the same time, it's like, but at the, at the cost of what, like the story, like, so what if mine's a little bit more jagged and a little bit more it's, I want, I want it that way. That is this story. So, and with the characters, I, they did, they came to me fully formed and I was like, Oh, 
Yeah. And then when y'all were texting me and other people were texting me like, what would happen if blah, blah. And I'm like, I think you already know. <laughs> I think I'm you so excited. Like we're just, I mean, because you so had great. said other people had came to you with characters X and Y. And I know mm-hmm. like we have our separate chat. We were like, but what about like X and Z? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so split. What about everybody? And we're like, whoa, <laughs> maybe. But I just love that though, because it's so affirming to me. I'm like, yes. Like y'all get it too, because that's how they write themselves. It's like, you could see it in your head. And then whenever they actually meet, it's like, let me just leave the room. Like, let me just get on <laughs> right, out of here. Right on paper, right on paper. Yeah. Whether they've met or not, you're like, you right. know what? You know what? They're both so hot. They both get it. The girls that get it, get it. And that's just what it is. And I love it because they get it. You lead me to my next question, which would be, um, how comfortable are you writing spice and where do you think the level of spice is going to go um, throughout this uh, confirmed trilogy? I am not comfortable writing spice at all. I think I'm trash at it. I think I have no idea what I'm doing, um, which is really uh, not great for me and my confidence. <laughs> but it's like because. I just don't, I like when I read Spice, I'm there. I'm like, <laughs> and then when I write Spice, I'm like, I feel like a school teacher is like over my shoulder. And I'm like, what do I say? But I've read a billion Spice scenes and I'm still lost. I'm like, I don't know what to do. But when you're writing it, I'm like, yeah, well, I was in love with these people. <laughs> I was, eh. but anyways, so for me, I'm not comfortable writing Spice. I thought that I would make it easier on myself writing a book or a series where they could not touch, but then I'm like, well, they need to have like an intimate moment in at least one time in book one, just for my sake. And then a couple of times later until whatever happens. Um, but I, I found it actually harder because it's like, it's so like, I've, I've read books where they can't touch yet. And then they eventually, so you get like kind of like a reward for it but there's no reward in this. It's like, they just, they literally just can't touch. And I wondered if people would appreciate that or not like that. And then as we were talking, I don't know if y'all remember in the group chat about, you know, X and Z, it was like, well, potentially. And I'm like, but it's first person. So I don't know how to like even do that with other characters. I don't know. I think I figured it out, but I, in the first book, I'm like, there is a spice scene, but I don't know how to explain it to people because it's not like, it's not like, woo, 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 ha, cha, cha, but it's what they can do in the moment. And then they kind of snap back to reality. Um, I don't know. What do y'all think? Y'all tell me. I, I was going to ask, do you feel that there's a pressure to to write yes. spice? Because yes. it's it's so popular now. Like, but yeah. Smut talk is its own thing. More than anything else, I get the question, is there spice? If I say, ask me a question about my book, I'm not even, this is not an exaggeration, at least 400 of those boxes, is there spice? Chili pepper, is there this, is there that? Which is fine. I am not, y'all want to read spice? I get it. But there is a pressure. I mean, there would not have been the scene that's in there if it wasn't for, because this, again, this is my little thing to the, so if they're asking for it, I want to be like, okay, yeah, I can put it in there. To me, there wouldn't have been if it, there there would have been a completely different dynamic happening in those uh, last chapters. But I was like, you know what? 
say la vie. Let them have a little moment to themselves in a dingy cellar. <laughs> Why not? Um, <laughs> but yes, I think there is a pressure. And I think that a lot of authors actually feel that, at least the authors that I've spoken to, because I have the great pleasure, and I'm sure you do too, like a book talk connecting you with so many authors. And there is a great pressure to put that in there. So as an author who has written Spice, what word just just cannot <laughs> what can you not like I look I am good with everything and I realize that I am in the minority of opinion here I don't think there is a wrong word for it I think that like at least with the male genitalia with the female uh, Slick there's folds. some ways folds don't like it crevice don't need to hear that like hatchet hatchet wound please stop and it's uh, but you know if you want to write it no judgment like I get it when you're in there when I'm reading it it's different than when I'm writing it I think like at one point I called brazens because I want if it was in brazens point of view because spoiler the spice scene is in the female's point of view but if it was in brazens point of view it there would have been very much i don't know can i say these words on here yes if it was in brazen's point of view cock pussy those kind of things would have been used because it's very like yes he's a dude he's a dude yeah he's like give me that but then i'm like idalia who's over here and like for the first time like experience i don't know that she would be like yeah look at his cock i don't know (laughs) maybe she would but so i don't know i i get that people are like they don't like this word they don't like that word they don't like that word I'm more that way with female parts. I'm not really, I don't think there's really like two that I've read. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there's like words that they're using to describe a penis that I'd be like, what? Why? I just haven't come across it, thankfully. Because a lot of the books I read actually don't have that much spice. So I don't know. I don't read books for spice. I know that most people like put that into their rating. They're like, it was good, but not enough spice. I'm, I don't need it. It's great if it's there. I'm not going to complain, but I don't look for it, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense because um, if you want spice, there are so many options for you, right? Like there's there's so much fantastic spice out there. So just because, you know, it's it's not it's it's not like a five does it doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, right. That's important. And also, like, everybody's spice level and familiarity is different because probably, like, I've read spice before or really, like, just, you know, spice in books. But up until Akasif, like, Akasif was the spice. I was flushed. I was fanning myself. But I was like, I I thought I had read spice before, but apparently not. Um, And then, of course, you know, and things have changed. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like... And then, of course, people are like, the spice level in this book was a two. And I was like, a two? <laughs> like, at the time of the release, I was no, like... No, that's how I felt whenever I read A Court of Thorns and Roses and Akamath. I thought that was spicy. I was like, shoot, we get it. When I read A Court of Silver Flames, because we're so used to, like, how Sarah writes in the other Akatar books, I was like, Miss Ma'am, what is... Well, it's like brother zone. <laughs> out the brother zone. Yeah. Cassian is no longer big brother. No, he's still here. I was like, and that was one of the first things I was like, Laura, I think I I don't think I'm an as as much of an as girl as I thought. And she's like, it's okay. And I was yeah. like, I'm sorry. No, no. It 
I understand it completely. And that's too, it's, it's everybody like reader is subjective to spice level, but I also feel like characters are subjective to spice level. Like sometimes it really doesn't make sense. And I can, t- it almost breaks the fourth wall a little bit whenever there's spice with certain, ca- like, have you ever read Six of Crows? Yes. Like, can you imagine if, if Kaz, no, Inej, no, right. But like, there are some authors that have like, maybe not as well-developed characters, but, like, those type of characters, and it's just, like, why would they? Why? What? What? Like, so to me, Spice isn't always indicative of a good thing. I'm not complaining when it's there, but even in A Court of Silver Flames, which we had her talk about that, there was times that I was like, what is, why? Yeah. Like, I understand that this is written in a hot way, ooh la la, but I am still kind of getting taken out of the story a little bit because it its placement is so not good to me subjectively. I know other people have opinions about that, but like, I was not into it. I was like, no, I, uh, this woman is covered in bruises. This woman was just blah, 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 whatever. Um, so to me, it's indicative of, well, it's, it's subjective to reader, but also to me to characters. And so would I have with that? Yeah. Would I have with that book talk, put that spice scene in? Maybe, probably not. But I don't think that it takes, when I first wrote the spice scene, it was long and it was a very saturated piece. And then I read it and I'm <laughs> like, this... choice of words. Yeah. Well, you, I'll send you, I'll send you that little Google Doc. But it was very long. It was very intense. It was very intimate. And then I was like, this doesn't make sense where the characters are though. Like it, do- it just doesn't, it only makes sense to me that my characters would do it when they did because they're just like so worn out from their journey and they're like tired of pretending for two seconds and then they go right back to whatever. But like the the piece that I wrote before it was changed, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Was it better in terms of spice? Yes. But was it better in terms of story? No. And so I feel like there's a pressure for authors to write in spice but sometimes, to me, it ruins, it takes me out of the story. I'm like, this doesn't need to be here. I mean, they're hot. <laughs> not trying to say they're not hot, but I just, it doesn't need to be here. Well, I feel like that also adds to what we were talking about earlier. I don't know through the editing process if it's included or not, um, where you can take the spice out of the book and because the book is the start of a plot heavy trilogy mm-hmm. it doesn't just be, it doesn't take away from the story you can remove the spice altogether and the story and the plot and like the like everything is still there with the forbidden fate yeah well and that's something that Katie Robert does really well in her uh like dark olympus series is that the spice has a, like a reason there's a reason for it. You know, it's emotional. It's it's whatever. It's like bringing people together. But it does like move the plot along. And she has said that she won't just like put spice in there for no reason, which I find very interesting because she's an author that is known for spice, but she will not. And that is just really like wonderful. And we love her for that. But it does make me like question now what... How is your book classified, Kaven? Is this this is not a YA? This is a no. It's NA. NA, yeah, that's awesome. I would say yeah because it's there is one spice scene already, mm-hmm. and that to me, as soon as there's a spice scene, it needs to be NA. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's not because I don't think that like 
that's up to teenager and guardian to like find out what they're allowed to watch. Because I know as a teenager, I definitely watched and read explicit content, but like for me and for authors everywhere and for publishers, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're not trying to market for young adult or, or for children, uh, something that is adult themed, like that doesn't mean that they can't, come in here and read adult themes. It's just that it needs to be explicitly known that there is a scene where there's spice and there's also a uh, vulgar language and there's also some kind of gore and this and that, and that is adult theme. Sorry. And I think that it's up to the discretion of guardian and reader what to do, but this is in it. I mean, you do that in like media all the time where you're like, yeah. viewer discretion is advised, whether right. it's a television show or a movie, you have different ratings. So right. why wouldn't you apply? Like books are just another form of media. So Yeah. There's a couple of YA books that I'm like, this is not YA. This is not YA. This is not YA. I don't know if they market it that way for like profitability. I don't know what the reason is, but it's not YA. Mine's in it. Even if it's only a few short scenes, it's still in a because those short scenes are in the book. So, and it was, because you have the familiarity in the background with writing the books, I, I've read adult books where I go, this doesn't necessarily have to be an adult. Like this would mm-hmm. go great in a middle school, or maybe you know, like this is just a healthy relationship where there isn't a miscommunication trope. Like right. I don't think it necessarily has to be for adults. Like if I read this at thirteen, I would be like, oh my gosh, like this is such a this is something that I would aspire to as an adult, you know? And I think right. that immediate, sometimes when relation, I use this in air quote, like relationships are involved. Some, some publishers might be like, Oh, well, that's definitely like an adult fiction or an adult romance when know. there's no spice. And right. you like, where is that, I guess, qualifier. And I guess you said it with like, for, for you, the spice made it NA. Yeah. But if you took the spice out, would you consider it YA? Would you still just consider it just a general fantasy? I I think we focus so much on the genres sometimes. I do too. I think that for me, it's because all of my characters are over the age of 23, like every single one of them. So it's adults participating in the spice. And it's like a, it's like an almost 30 year old man. I don't know. For me, I'm like, I don't know that I would classify it as NA without the spice because I don't think that anything else in my book is really outside of like a YA novel. But just for me, and this is just my subjective view, it's a 27-year-old dude whipping out his cock. So to me, adult. And everyone's of legal drinking age. Well, legal for this world. And everyone is of legal drinking age and they're all getting drunk, even if they are not of age they're getting drunk so i don't know i mean again i think that that is um contingent upon reader and guardian if you're you know not an adult yet um and i just think they're like that's my conscience just being like hey this is in a doesn't mean that you know teenagers can't read it because i think that they probably can and it's probably a very mild tame um version of what they're used to reading but it's still an A to me. That just speaks to um, trigger warnings and content warnings, right? right? And the importance of that. Uh, because if it's not YA, that doesn't mean that like somebody that would read YA cannot walk over mm-hmm. there and go get it. It just yeah. means that they are fully aware when they open it of what is going on. Yep. 
And, and that is, that is so important because that is something that, I mean, we're all of a similar age. We didn't really grow up with that. Um, nope. uh, so like Jess, you were saying like media on TV, you know, when we got a little older, it was like TV PG, like TV. Like, you remember that? Like TV MA or like TV teen yeah. or whatever. Like all I that. remember that. Yeah, like all of that stuff. That was a big thing when they yeah, brought when it that out came too. Because it never, it was never a thing. It was just here's the show. You knew what you were watching or you didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's yeah that that whole thing is really interesting. And then you're saying like what is the the like qualifier? Um, there there's like a there's a movie about like how movie ratings are done and like the the people that like vote on movie ratings is a documentary. Wow. Um, that's really good. Um, but uh, speaking to like how we kind of focus too much on genres and stuff. Um. We we think that we think that's just like marketing. We think that's like a money thing. Yeah, that sucks, right? Yep. Will there be a map? Yeah, big old map. I can show you a picture of it. I don't know if you can see it on here, but I could just send it to y'all. Did you commission or did you like hand sketch it out? Like how how did that? <laughs> I commissioned. I can't draw or shit. Oh, I would have loved. I would have loved. <laughs> like, 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 I could like, show you all my hand drawn sketch. Map. Like that's what should go in the book is the sketch. The sketch. I. Guys, I'm going to send you the the hand drawn map, and I'm also going to send you the um, back of my book because I think y'all will like it. Yay! And also, again, with like some of the added stuff, you do figure out where some of these okay. things are. But um, in the second book, all of these things come to play. So, like, basically, this is the map for the first and second book, and then the third book, little Osinia over here will be a little bit more filled out. God. But isn't that great? That's so cool. Did you, you must have freak had, like, this... out? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I thought it was so, I was like half asleep when it was sent to me. But the the person that I worked with, they were so cool. They genuinely just understood exactly like my ramblings. And they created this. And I was like, oh, you are the most talented human being in the world. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah. And then whenever we're over here, you can read the back of the book because I love it. At this point, Laura tells me that there was an hour and a half of drunken rambles about something called a HOSAP. I don't know what that is, and it scares me. Thank you so much, both of y'all. I love you very, very much. Love. We love you. It's very exciting that y'all wanted to talk to me. Even more exciting that y'all wanted to talk about my book. And also, I will ramble about anything and everything with y'all any day of the week. So, uh, so excited. Just let me know it. when y'all want to do this again. Absolutely. You're always welcome. You know that. Thank you for making time for us. Yeah. Bleh. Bleh. I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all so much. Go love say you. hi to everybody for us. Okay, I will. Bye. I love y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Kaven, for joining us today. Make sure you're following Kaven on all her socials to stay up to date on all things of Forbidden Feet. That includes her socials, TikTok and Instagram with the same handle, at Kaven underscore books. We'll make sure those are in our show notes. And as always, please feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast, and we're both found on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.